You know who Chet Buchanan is, by the way? Does that name ring a bell to you, Jackson? No. Okay. Well, this is, shows you how young this guy is. Chet Buchanan. He's a legend. Used to be a radio legend in Seattle. Cube yes. 93 FM, uh, which is the station you're listening to right now, which is now KJR FM. <laughs> Chet Buchanan is the public address announcer at Climate Pledge Arena for a Kraken home games. Cool. And he is cool. Yeah. <laughs> He seems thrilled. He does. He's cool. been he's cool. been walking around the concourse for the last hour. He does it every game. It's unbelievable. He's not running. He's walking. So during the last break, Dick actually took a walk, one lap all around the concourse <laughs> at normal speed, <laughs> and got back here in time for the following segment. He's been doing this for an hour. This guy. I'm going to oh. do this consistently because these chairs aren't exactly uh, comfortable. Yeah. So yeah. and I can get my walk in. It's exactly a quarter of a mile. Around the arena, if you go on really? the outside, okay, okay, so that's according to okay. my map, my fitness app. Let me ask you a question. We actually did this. Were you here when I made the run around the, yes, uh, the concourse? Yes, I did, and I did I it. Timed you? I think I did it in sixty seconds or less. Is that correct? No, I thought it was a minute and a half. Are you sure? You I'm pretty sure I beat I you. I'm pretty seconds. sure, Jackson. How long do you think it would take me to do one lap running around the concourse here at Climate Pledge Arena? Well, you'll remember that we actually did this last year. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah and and I think that you ended up doing it in what was it a minute and a half, two minutes, somewhere in that yeah, range. I think like I did it under a minute, man. There's no way possible if it's a quarter of a mile. I'm pretty That'd sure. I don't, I don't think I was, it was under well. A I can do that. It was right. It was <laughs> I right have that in me. <laughs> I think it was about 90 seconds. 90 seconds? Yeah, but you went along the inside, right? Of course. Not all the way around. So all the way around is po- well, 0.25 yeah. miles. I'm not talking about going like outside where they have the beer garden and stuff. I'm <laughs> talking about right here yeah. around the... So you, you, never, you never lose sight of the high, uh, of the ice. That's my point. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's 0.25 if you all go right. all the way around. It's probably less than 0.2 if you do the inside. Well, I would do it, but I don't feel like passing out, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, we were talking last segment. Uh, I want to uh, uh, get to that Geno story in a minute. We were talking last segment about the disparity, the difference in schedules for the teams of the Big Ten yeah. for next year. So, Troy Dannon, and again, if you missed it, it'll be on the podcast page. We're going to replay it tomorrow at 6 o'clock as well. I, I thought he was great. I thought he was very, very uh, frank with a lot of uh, the issues that are you know surrounding college football and especially on uh, on Montlake right now. There's going to have to be a massive investment by the fans and by everybody, donors, to get this thing going. When they go to the Big Ten, he says if it were up to him, he would not even have automatic bids to the CFP. He would just take the top 12, 14, whatever it is, and just plop them all down and let them play each other with no buys, whatever, yes. just let them go. And right? every AD in the Big Ten and the SEC should say the same exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. So here's here's just a, a small sampling of the schedules, okay, for next year. So UW's got Weber State, uh, Eastern Michigan, and the Cougs, okay. okay? Michigan's got Fresno, Texas, and Arkansas State. Ohio State has Arkansas. Western Michigan, and Marshall. Penn State has West Virginia, Bowling Green, and Kent State. USC has LSU, Notre Dame, and Utah State. Oregon's got Idaho, Boise State, and Oregon State. Wisconsin has Western Michigan, South Dakota, and Alabama. Purdue's got Indiana State, Notre Dame, and Oregon State. So those are not all like each other. No. And I think, don't you guys think that if we're going to do this kind of power two thing and break away from the NCAA and have 32 teams or 35, 40, whatever it is when it's all said and done, that everybody should be playing the same type of non-conference schedule like they do in the NFL without a conference Yes, game. I do. And until we get there, until we get some sort of, you know, whether it be, hey, we want everybody in the Big Ten to play one game against an SEC opponent, right. and then you pick your other two. Right. Until we get to that point, 
I think what Washington's doing, whether by choice or not by choice, if that's just how it happened in 2024, mm-hmm. we should play a CCC schedule right? and get as many wins as you possibly can because your strength of schedule is going to be fine anyway playing in this conference. Yeah, by the way, I, it's not Arkansas for Ohio State. It's Akron. they got Akron, Western Michigan, Marshall, while uh, Michigan's got Fresno, Texas, and Arkansas State. So their schedule's yeah. a little tougher. I just wonder out loud, and I don't think that the smaller schools are going to have much of a choice because I think they're going to have to do this financially, right? I, I could I could imagine a lot of Fresno fans, um, Wyoming fans, Oregon State, Wazoo, Utah State, you know, whatever, saying, up yours. We're not doing that. We're not going to just sit there and be your guinea pigs because you guys have nine tough conference games. The hell with you. They have to. That's the point. If they don't do it, they're losing millions of dollars a year. Well, they've always had to, right? I mean, these schools, Portland State's always had to play against a Pac-12 team. But but that's the point, though, is that we made that conversation yesterday that now Oregon State and Fresno State and Washington State and Wichita State, they're getting bumped down another level. And now they're being asked to do what Portland State and Eastern Washington used that's to exactly do. That's exactly right. Which is come up here and get murdered. That's exa- Yeah, that's exactly right. Right? So and, and how do those fans react to that? Because if I'm a fan of those teams, and I get it logically, if I'm Ian Furness or Jason Puckett or Jim Moore, I understand I need the money, right, to yep. keep my program afloat. But I'm also just sending my guys to the gallows every September just to make a buck to keep yeah. my volleyball team going. Here's how I think... Just logically, just think of the sociological impact of this. I think the older generation will just say, to hell with it. Not everybody, but will just say, you know what? Screw this. This isn't the Cougar team that I signed up for. I signed up for a big-time Power 5 Cougar team. As we go forward and as the Cougars are whatever you want to call a mid-major or what have you. I think that's fair. Yeah. um, The longer we go you're going to have generations of Cougar fans growing up with a different championship than the one that this school has been playing for that they've never even come close to winning. Right. And they will grow up with a different championship that, like a North Dakota state grows up and wins multiple championships, and they will embrace it. The younger – it will be just like North Dakota state is now yeah. where they – Oof. Fill the building. They Oof. win championships. You think North Dakota State fans are pretty proud of their football team? Yeah. I think they are. I yeah. think Montana yeah. fans are pretty proud of their sure. football team. Sure, I, And they pack the house. I think they are. And I think that's what Washington State will be eventually. It's going to take, it, take a long it's gonna time. It's going to take time to get to that point, time. man. I mean, when you're being told, and I've made this point before, it's such a great point. I'm going to make it again. I love it. It's an awesome point. That when you're being told for years and years and years, your entire life, that, hey, man, if things go really, really well and maybe you get a break here or a break there, you might be in the mix for a major conference title by the time it's all said and done. You might be in the mix for maybe a major bowl game. Maybe get to go to the uh, Fiesta Bowl and play Notre Dame like uh, Oregon State did with Dennis Erickson or go to the Rose Bowl and play Michigan and Charles Woodson like Ryan Leaf did in 97. Those opportunities are now gone. And I think for them it sucks. Unless you think they can make the final 14. Right, yeah. Uh, but, again, I think for those teams that don't have those built-in, you know, kind of connections anymore, I think for us, I'm putting myself in the fans uh, in the shoes of a fan like that, and I'd be pissed. Yeah, I would I'd too. be pissed. 
They and maybe your to, kids would get used to it one day, yes. but it would take you forever. And you would almost never get used to it. I would never get used to it. If I was a Cougar fan, I'd never get used to that. Yeah. And I understand why, you know, Jim and Puck are, you know, ticked off. And they're, you know, when I when I mention this, like, secondary level championship, they balk at it. And I understand why they should. I mean, they're in their 50s, 40s, 60s, right? They should balk at that. <laughs> but if you're, my, 70s. If, you're my, if you're my kid's age, by the time they're in college – they're not going to balk at it, and that's only a few years, right? It'll it will only take a few years for this era's ten year old right. to think it's really really cool when they're twenty one and they're in Pullman and the Cougars are playing for the national championship in football. They're going to think it's freaking awesome. Uh, well, we'll check in with them. I, I don't know, man. I, I just it's just I, I just feel awful for them. I really do. I know we're not supposed to feel bad for a rival. You know, screw them. You know, foot on their neck, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think for them, it just freaking blows, man, big time. Hey, how about this Geno story? We got this for at least one more year. Is that right? It's not going anywhere. There's a report out that the Seahawks have told Geno Smith that he's going to be on the roster for 2024. Now, if you're telling me that Geno Smith is on the roster, that means you're telling me that you're not trading him. You're not trading him, and you're not cutting him. You're not whatever. He's going to be your guy, and if he's on the roster at the amount of money he's been guaranteed to get for 2024, then Geno Smith is going to be your starting quarterback unless he gets banged up or maybe plays like crap and some hot shot takes his spot. And we were all trying to read into everything that Mike McDonald and Judge Judge right. Schneider were saying, right? right? And and they, they were rightfully noncommittal because, you know, they, there's options open, right? There's lots of different but things. But why would they not be committal? They just told him he's coming back. Right, but we were Why just did talking they do about, all that? Why did they do all that? Well, Why did, because they were at the Combine, and they weren't sure what was going to go down. Well, but McDonald told Aaron Levine sitting at the VMAC. He was in the VMAC when he said that to him. This wasn't the Combine. I mean, you got, you got, a, you got a coach and a GM who both came as, I don't know, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, they did say that, right? Yeah. We, whatever. And now I, I do not find it coincidental that days after all this stuff came out, there's now this story that he's not going anywhere. And I think you can surmise a lot of stuff. That Geno got ticked. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That Geno Smith was like, what the hell, dude? Are you kidding me? Like, you just told me that my contract's guaranteed for 2024. I got a a decent-sized cap number, not gigantic by other quarterback standards, but a decent cap number. And now you got your head coach and your GM coming out and saying, we don't know. And then all of a sudden, boom, this report breaks that he's coming back. I think, I'm wondering if, if John Schneider and Mike McDonald might have thought that there would be some backlash... If they just came out and said, Geno Smith's our guy, after the year Geno Smith just had. Mm -hmm. Because you're really, by doing that, you're really accepting mediocrity. Because that's exactly what Geno Smith was last year. He was the dictionary definition of a mediocre starting quarterback. Well, but the defense was a bigger problem, right, than the offense was. Would you agree with that last year? And wouldn't you expect them to have his back, honestly? Like, if I told you, hey, there's a clip here of Mike McDonald. He's being asked about Geno Smith and how much they're buying into him for next year. And here's a clip of John Schneider. And you didn't know what either one said. And I asked you, what do you think they're going to say? You would say they're going to have his back. They're going to commit to him. They're going to have his back. At least in public, they're going to have his back. So I don't know if it's he was pissed off and the Seahawks had to kind of just squash this thing. There's also a possibility that they tried to shop him and did not see the market they thought they would see. And then they pulled back and said, he's our guy. And I think there's an obvious reason why we haven't heard 
the pat on the back for Geno Smith is because the great patter of backs mm-hmm. is gone. Pete Carroll <laughs> is gone. Right. He's always the guy that did the patting on the back. Geno's our guy. You said it a million times. Pete Carroll's got your back until he cuts you. Yeah, 100%. Right? And, right. and that's, that was Pete's job. He was the put my arm around the, oh, yeah, he's my guy, he's my guy, he's my guy, until he's not. John's never been that way necessarily, and we don't know what Mike McDonald yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I just think uh, really the question is now, if he's going to be your guy for 2024, what's the reaction to that? What do we think of that, by the way? Well, the we do have a poll there, Dave. I'm glad you asked. That's why I played this, by the way. Yes. On the poll. That wasn't just a coincidence. Very simple. I planned that whole thing. Yeah, good job. <laughs> you could have told me a little sooner. Uh, well, what else you got going on over there? <laughs> nothing. nothing. Uh, come on. Geno Smith will be on the roster this year. Right, this hang on, hang on. Update on the poll. This news is dot, dot, dot. Good or not good? Yeah. 84% good. Yeah. People are happy with mediocrity. Yeah, here well, in I don't think they are. I think they're happy with having a veteran quarterback to train the next star in Seattle. Yes. That's what I think. I, I and, and that's if we get the next star. So now here's the next question. What's the percentage chance mm-hmm. that the Seahawks use – a high enough draft pick that you would associate that draft pick with a with a starting level player. So what's that? One, two, three. I mean, that's probably if you draft what do you a quarter. Mean one, two, three. I don't if get you it. draft a quarter, I'm confused. Whatever. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. Jackson, did you understand what I was Listen, talking about? Uh, well, sure, but really, ah, really no, quick. that's really, not a, that's not that a wasn't a lot. Really that's no quick. confidence. Sure, but really, I want to go back to the, you just said Seahawks fans are good with mediocrity. Am I the only one that thinks Geno Smith is going to be a Pro Bowler? And I don't mean like fake Pro Bowler. I mean real Pro Bowler oh, no. under a Ryan Grubb offense. Oh, what do you What do you say? Oh, he's mediocre. We well, he was mediocre. He was the Dick. Dictionary definition of mediocre. Thanks for interrupting year. me, Dick. Now I'll actually make my point. Oh, wow. It's the fact that Jeez, we haven't that. seen. Snappy back there, huh? Yeah. Do you, we haven't seen Geno Smith in a Ryan Grubb offense. How do we say that Geno's going to be mediocre in a Ryan Grubb offense? I okay. think he's going to be darn right. good. I just said he was the dictionary <laughs> definition of mediocre. Was. You, you literally just used the word was, Dick. He was. Yeah. So Is how do we mediocre? know he's going to be mediocre this coming year? Okay, how oh, do we... He could, be, he could be as good as he was the first right. half of 2022. Kids, kids, And that's kids. tolerable. Kids. All right, maybe good my point. God. Is this how point. you do it at home with Dixon and Aubrey? <laughs> kids. What, how do we rank quarterbacks in the NFL? Are we doing it by QBR, passer rating, passing yards, completion percentage? What are we doing? Can uh, we just, for the sake of this argument, use QBR? Whatever Hugh Millen says. Is that okay? Hugh Millen says QBR is the best way to evaluate quarterbacks. Honestly, for me, it's like eye test, right? Okay. It's eye test and what you do with the team that you have. Okay. Well, he was 14th in QBR a year ago, which is right there in the middle of the road in the National Football League. C.J. Stroud was 15th. Gardner Minshew was 13th. How was that possible? Jalen Hurts was 12th. Jared Goff was 11th. I mean... I think Geno Smith is an okay quarterback. I don't think he's a star. He's not a bum either. All right? I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that would have loved to have had Geno Smith as their starting quarterback. The Minnesota Vikings would have loved to have him. The Atlanta Falcons would have loved to have had Geno Smith last year as their starting quarterback. So I think you've said it perfectly a million times on this show. For what? For this period of transition from Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll to Mike McDonald and whatever he's bringing in at quarterback, mm-hmm. I think Geno Smith has been fine. 
He's been fine. He's a, he's a lifelong backup quarterback in the NFL who's never made any real money in the NFL, who took you to 9-8 and eight, two years in a row, playoff appearance in one of them, got a contract that made him more money than he ever thought he would make in the National Football League two years ago. I mean, this little kind of transition period, I think, has been you know fairly successful for the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. They I could w- have been 4-13, and 13, and they weren't. And a lot of it was because of Geno Smith. I have to ask you about his precious QBR. Because on, precious. A, on what planet did Geno Smith have a better year well, than C.J. Stroud? This planet right here, QBR and planet. Holy yeah. smokes. Well, I just think again, uh, what are we really expecting out of him? If you're expecting him to be an elite-level quarterback in the NFL, he's never going to be that guy. And by the way, and this is a great topic for the Say What segment we're about to do at some Ooh, point down the road. Okay. I heard, and I was driving in today, actually I was on my walk with the dogs, and I heard uh, Puckett, Jim, and Kid talking about Drew Locke. And Puckett asked if Drew Locke is ever going to be an elite starting quarterback in the NFL. And Jim Moore said, well, maybe there's a chance. I don't know. I mean, guys, what is this infatuation with Drew Locke about? Honestly. One game. Well, it's just because we haven't seen him, so we think that it's you know there's still possible. Okay, right? you know what? You haven't seen Jackson play quarterback either. Okay, you haven't seen me play quarterback either. I mean, honestly, isn't it time to just say that Drew Locke is what he is? He's a he's a career backup quarterback in the NFL. Maybe he's maybe he's Geno Smith at best. Maybe yes. he's a middle of the road no, I quarterback. Think, I think that's fair. But this idea that Drew Locke is some unbelievable untapped talent in the National Football League and this diamond in the rough. And that's crazy talk. I believe Drew, Drew Locke could have given you what Geno did last year. I think you're right. I think you're right. But, again, okay, For but if that's not what we're looking for, we're looking for a starting elite caliber championship-level quarterback. And if you want that guy, you're going to have to get rid of Geno Smith to find that guy. I think. When we come back, let's talk about what I was going to ask before Jackson piped can't, in. Well, we can't have fun with audio. Can't do it. Got fun with audio. At, at 4.30? You can fight with Jackson at 5.28. Uh, and we pushed it back it, because Jackson. we wanted to get uh, Troy Dannon reaction, which was really Unless important Unless we want to push fun with audio. We can push no, fun with we'll audio. do that. Right, we'll, we'll do, do this. Uh, well, you know what? Because there's, this is a good day for you guys to be away from each other. <laughs> We're at the arena. Jackson's in the studio. Go back to jury duty. We would have, oh, wow. We, <laughs> we would have had a fight between these two guys. We'll, uh, we'll hit it again at 5.28. Fun with audio next. Testimonials 4.45. And then Will Rogers, UW quarterback, going to join us at 5 o'clock tonight right here on 93.3 K. JRFM. It's now time for Softy and Dick's Fun with Audio. Jimmy G, porn star Jimmy, Mr. Garoppolo. Now, let's have some fun with audio. So everybody's drooling over the 40 times from the combine. You know what's a fun little thing to do on the internet, by the way? Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you really you. want to tell me on the air? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you off here. Okay. Uh, it, it's fun to go back and look at, like, the top 10, 40 times from each position in the last, like, 15, 20 years and how they're a bunch of nobodies, especially oh, yeah. at wide receiver. Have they changed much, <laughs> the times? I don't think oh, guys yeah. have gotten – if the guys got noticeably – maybe at the, yeah. the big positions, yeah, but not the faster. skill positions. They no, for sure. I mean, John ever. Ross was the fastest player in football seven years ago, ever. Right? Right. And, you know, it's You're saying Chris, are guys getting faster? Yeah. Hasn't, hasn't Ross's 40 time been broken like three or four times since then? No, I don't think it's been broken. You sure? I don't think it's been broken. I think he still has it. Go, okay. And remember, Chris Johnson I mean, had but that, it for a long time. Right, but and that was just, like almost 20 years ago. But that's just at the top, though. I mean, what about the, the group as a whole? Oh, there's probably Is more. Is the group getting faster? I think they yeah, are. There's probably I more people are. that can run sub 4-4s four now than... 20 years ago, but, no question. but the top of the top of the market is still about as fast, well, probably. This, I mean, look at the 100 meters in the Olympics, right? 
Are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, that is getting lower and lower and lower every single year. We, that, that's a good exercise for us. We should run a 100-meter right now and then do it again in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> last time I ran the 40 was, remember the comp, the Seahawks combine, the media combine yeah. they did about five years ago? Yeah, that was gross. I'm not doing that again. That was fun. Uh, all right, a little fun with audio slash. Hey, did you hear that? Normally we do this at 345, today 428 from the Climate Pledge Arena for the Kraken and the Penguins at 7. Here we go. Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's up, Dave? What's that, Dick? We start with the Seahawks meeting with Illinois defensive lineman and projected first-round pick Johnny Newton at the NFL Combine this week. Newton then joined PFT Live with our friend Mike Florio and Chris Sims and talked about his experience playing running back and which player he enjoyed watching play while growing up in Tampa Bay. Uh, I played running back my younger day, so I was a Seahawks fan watching Marshawn Lynch. Damn. Told that thing. Okay, beast mode over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, when did you eat yourself out of running back? Man. When did oh, that happen? Uh, At first, I was kind of chubby, and then like I, I slammed down as I got older. Right. Good. I like was it. a running back high school, sophomore year. Where I was you, player of the year. Then? Tampa Bay player of the year. And then, so what happened? Like uh, I played both did, sides, though. Right, but when did the transformation happen to like, holy cow, now I'm, I'm DT. Definitely me. senior year. Senior uh, year? I think I had like... 21 sacks. Damn. So, and you didn't have any more carries at running back at oh, I still year. had. I had 15 touchdowns. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I was just doing both. So you're going to make sure they know at the NFL level that if they need somebody from the defense to come over and line mm-hmm. up at full back and maybe like, take the ball once in a while, I'll do it. I saw Sap do it. I could do it. caught a touchdown <laughs> pass when I was there. I Sapp. saw Sap do it. I could do you, it. I don't know why the Seahawks don't do more of that, man. Oh, Use yeah. those big boys at He's fullback. Six two three zero three. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. Do, they don't, don't do more. I mean, I get that you're not going to carry a fullback. There's no Will Tukawafa on the football team. There's no John L. Williams anymore. But I mean, you got big boys. You got tight ends. You got defensive well, linemen. You got offensive linemen. Give them the damn ball. And you got guys that. I mean, he was an all Tampa Bay area running back. I mean, he knows how to carry the ball and knows how to hit a hole. Here's what's scary, though, that we are now living in a world where people that are about to be drafted were in elementary school when Marshawn Lynch was tearing up the NFL in 2013. That's how old we are. Well, that's how fast the turnover is in football, Good, Yeah, Dick, it was 10 years ago. You're talking about kids that were 11 years old when Marshawn Lynch won the Super Bowl in 2013. 11! They were in elementary school. They were two, three years away from middle school, for God's sakes, dude. What the hell happened? Unbelievable. A lot different in basketball where you still got LeBron going oh, 20, 21 years later. Amazing. You got guys getting married that were like three when LeBron James was playing. Uh, Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that, Dave? What's that, Dick? Yesterday on Jeopardy's Tournament of Champions 2023, Jeopardy winner Jake <laughs> Diaruda. This is funny. Explaining where his winnings <laughs> went last year. Jake Diaruda, originally from Ludlow, Vermont, is a very routing assistant. What did you do with your winnings? Jake, <laughs> you, you had quite a streak. So I was, 20, I was 23 when my games aired last year, so I did what anybody under the age of 25 would do, and I promptly spent the check on sports gambling and women and alcohol. And by that, of course, <laughs> of course, I spent 20 bucks on a college football pick'em that went horribly wrong. Uh, 20 bucks to take my date and I to the top of the Gillette Stadium Lighthouse, and uh, several four packs of hard cider to get through the awful Patriot season that I endured. <laughs> <laughs> you are living right in your New England. Absolutely. God, good for him. That was a well-prepared answer. Absolutely. And well-delivered as well. You know he yeah. thought about that. Hookers he, blowing bets, baby. Wow. What the hell? $86,000 just blew it all in one fun <laughs> night of adventure that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Uh, he's obviously a single guy, right? He said he took his no, girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> okay, well, he's, he's, he, is she still with him? That chick? 
He t- you didn't hear what he said. He took him. He took her up to the top of Gillette Stadium. For right, but are they bucks. are they still together after he pulled that on her? I'd get slapped in the face if I did that. <laughs> what would true. Jana's reaction be if you pulled that She'd on her? Laugh. She'd kill you. No, she wouldn't. She is she is so chill when it comes to stuff like All that. All right, I want you to run a buyer. All right. I want you to run a buyer when you get home. <laughs> if Babe, I said that on the air, I'm taking you up to the Husky Stadium press box. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that she wouldn't want to do. Ah, uh, Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that? Dick? What's that, Dick? This morning on First Take, ESPN's Dan Orlovsky had an important point to make about women's basketball to Stephen A. Smith and Molly Quirin. Can I say something real quick about, yeah. uh, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, America. That's the first women's basketball game I've ever been to. They can flat out play. Yeah, I was can. shocked oh, they can play. how physical oh, they, can play. they were. Oh, you just realized that but UConn the, women's basketball we could play? Paige Beckers had 30 last night. Well, she's special. Do you she want to drop any daughter. other gems or you want to just get out of here safely? So she's pissed off that he's just, just finding out now that women's him. basketball can play? And she's got a point, man. I mean, I know he's – well, you never want to preface anything with, well, America don't get mad at me. Right. And then say something like that, America's going to get mad at him. You know, unbelievable. Should they get mad at him for that, Jackson? I, I Listen, dude, like, Dan, you got to understand your time and place. You're making one of the most obvious points you could oh. potentially make on a national sports show. And not to mention, you had to interrupt a conversation before going to a commercial break just huh. to say that. Yeah. Come on, dude. I don't agree with you guys. Okay. I'm in okay, the minority what you, here. What do you believe? I think th- I, I don't believe. Well, what what I, I mean, believe? What, I believe your... women can play basketball. That's what I believe. Well, evidently but I also, Dan does too. But evidently, I, he just figured that out last no, night. But, but you guys are missing the point. <laughs> you guys are missing the point, though. The point is, is that are there more eyeballs on women's basketball or men's basketball? Men, men, correct. But not this year. Well, okay. But just time out. You think this? You, you, you Caitlin think, Clark's the most popular think, player in college basketball, men or women. I think she's the most recognizable name for sure. There's no question and about that. And the biggest that. draw. Do you think that there's more people watching women's basketball this year than men's basketball? Overall? Not overall. No, no, correct. Right. So, and this is the point. There's a lot of people that don't watch women's basketball, that have not watched women's basketball, that may now start watching women's basketball because of her and yes. Angel Reese, right, yep. from LSU. Paige, Paige Beckers, yeah. And I think when you have those types of names that bring people in, like the Kraken, for example, when they first came to Seattle, there's a lot of people here that didn't watch hockey. And may start watching hockey now because we have a team. Oh, man, this is crazy. This sport's nuts. Yeah, but I don't think anybody shows up at a Kraken game for the first time and go, wow, they're really good at hockey. I think there's a lot of people that do not <laughs> understand the physicality of the NHL until they start watching the game. And they're just now finding okay. out. I think there's a lot of people that are now being exposed to women's basketball for the very first time because of her. Now, I'm not as ticked as Molly was there, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it was... Well, I think she needs to relax, number one. I'll just say that. I don't care what the reaction is. (laughs) I think there's, again, I mean, guys, do you want the women's game to grow or not? Of course. Of course you do. And if you want the women's game to grow, we got to stop being offended by people saying things like, man, I had no idea because I haven't watched a lot of women's basketball. I don't watch women's basketball. Guess what? Now I do because of Caitlin Clark because I'm going to start watching and paying attention, and I'm going to find out that, you know what, I had no idea. 
I had no idea how good these girls are. I had no clue how physical the game was. Yeah. I had no idea how athletic they are. I think there's a lot of folks that are going to be finding out a lot of stuff about that game because of well, her. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I thought we were past that well, because I got a lot of that like 10, 15 But I don't years think ago. it's an insult. I guess that's where I'm coming right. from. I mean, I got a ton of that 10 or 15 years ago when people go, hey, I went. To, I, I just watched yeah. my first Storm game, and yes. they're really good. Yes. And I yes. guess I, 15 years ago, I, I didn't. I wasn't really offended by that, but like, yeah. I mean, it's 2024, man. I, you I, haven't watched a women's I, basketball again, game at this point. Yes, I think a lot of people haven't. Totally. When you and you just admitted it, there's a lot more eyes on the men than there are the women, and right. that gap is is shrinking, shrinking. Correct. Caitlin Clark, I think, is the most recognizable name in college basketball, men or women, without today. question. And because of her, a lot of people are watching the game for the first time. I don't think of that as an insult. I just don't. And maybe people that are around the game like you, maybe you do find it offensive, and that's your prerogative. I don't find it offensive because I think it's great that you've got somebody going on the air who obviously clearly never did pay attention to women's basketball right. at all, which, right. who now is watching because of her, which is finding out how great the game is. Which is really funny, by the way, because Danny Orlowski went to UConn and was there, was playing at UConn, playing at UConn. Now that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. He was playing at UConn yes. when they won their national championships with Sue Bird and Diane That Tarassi. is funny. Well, all right. You know what? I changed my mind. He's a dolt. I mean, he's a putz. I wouldn't say I was a – it's not offensive what right. he said. right. It is pretty patronizing what he said. I don't think so either. I just don't. And again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, again, I, I, I just think that this is, we're going to do a point now where women's basketball is becoming more mainstream than ever before. And it will continue and to go that with way. that, with that, Dick, means people that have never been exposed to it are now being exposed to it for the very first time. Yeah. And you're going to hear things like that. So, look, I mean, the fact that he went to UConn, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Probably right. should have gone to a game once. 440. Uh, Will Rogers going to join us. Husky quarterback at 5.